Hello, and welcome to our second edition of Clock Talk with Dr. Greg Brannan, a leading bioidentical hormone replacement doctor out of Cary, North Carolina. So doctor, we're going to today talk about cholesterol. So what is it and why is it so important? Cholesterol is a waxy substance of a fat that is crucially important for structure of body and how our body works. It makes sex hormones. It's going to be very interesting to talk about cholesterol because you have these idea cholesterol is bad, cholesterol is good. So let's go important how it actually works in the body. Your liver makes 80, uh, our body makes 85% of the cholesterol we use. In fact, if you don't eat cholesterol, your liver will make more. That's how important it is. There is a thing called a bound cholesterol and an unbound cholesterol. So if the molecule, the, those up there, that that four ring structure is actually the backbone of cholesterol. So picture that bound to optimal bile. That's called an esterified cholesterol. That's the one your body uses. That's your body uses to make cells. We'll have that in a minute first. Unbound is how it's absorbed. But very few foods, like i.e. eggs, are unbound. They're usually bound to lecithin. This molecule is an ester molecule. So it's the most tightly round, tightly controlled molecule in our body. Like I said, if you don't eat enough that's unesterified, your body will make it. The liver makes it, 15% of it. The other 85% is actually made at the cells, the actual in organs, the cells themselves. And then when your body takes the byproduct of cholesterol, it's called bile, gallbladder in your bile. That is also cholesterol. So now it's into your gallbladder, into your digestive tract. Now your body will either poop it out or absorb it. It absorbs 85% of it again. This is circular system. It's crucially, why is it so fine-tuned? Without it, you don't make your cell membranes that actually make the structure go. Without it, 95% of our brain is cholesterol. The white matter is almost purely cholesterol. The myelin sheath on our neurons is almost all cholesterol. Uh, cholesterol is vitally important for those functions. Now, let's go with how it works. So the liver makes this cholesterol and they travel in these particles called LDL, low density. And we all heard about LDL and high de and high HDL. That has to do with how big it is. The larger and fluffier it is, that's an LDL. Why is it fluffy? There's more triglycerides in this round particle. That's the one that mainly goes to the tissue. When the tissue, the, every receptor has a, a cell has an, a, um, an LDL receptor. That receptor then binds the LDL, ingests into the cell, and then it uses it for the function needs to make membranes of the mitochondria, membranes of the cell wall, in the sex or in the endocrine glands to make the actual hormones. Then it packages it back in an HDL because now the triglycerides have been used, which is energy source, what's called beta oxidation for energy. Now it's HDL, it goes back to liver recycled. That's how it works. So we have this idea of what LDL is good, LDL and HDL is, um, LDL is bad, HDL is, is good. That's actually not correct. An LDL that has an extra free electron called a free radical or called oxidized, that's the bad one. Why is that bad? You picture your lining of your, of your endothelium. Well, we'll look at the, cardio, the coronary arteries. They're very smooth, so blood could go through that smoothly. When that endothelium is damaged, then it causes an inflammatory state because atherosclerosis is an immune response. It's not a cholesterol per se. Believe it or not, the cell there is actually calling for what? It's calling for cholesterol to be the Band-Aid. 
the cholesterol brings in another molecule called sulfur, which is actually keeps it frictionless. That's why it's very important for that. Uh, Dr. DeBakey and Dr. Miller, two famous cardiovascular surgeons, said blaming cholesterol for atherosclerosis is bl like blaming a fireman who's at your house to put a fire out. So that's why I understand it has so many different functions. It's bad when it's oxidized. What causes oxidation? High carbohydrate diet. What's the last 50 years? Low fat, high carb. That's why this atherosclerosis immune response is increasing. Uh, Dr. Mark Houston, a, a very famous cardiologist, talks about it being a complete immune response. So that's why I understand the structure. The LDL basically goes to the tissue, HDL's back. So here's the big problem. The water and oil mix. No, of course not. Fat is oil, blood is water. So the cholesterol isn't even in our blood. It can't be in our blood because it's a fat. So it's wrapped in a lipoprotein that's called a particle. So picture a canoe in a, in a, in a harbor. The more canoes you have, more chance for that canoe to run into the, 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 the pier. That's the risk factor. The cholesterol is just a passenger in the canoe. So the particle numbers are the problem. That's the biggest risk factor. It's not actually the cholesterol itself unless it's oxidized, but the more, the more carbohydrate you have, the more chance of being oxidized, more free radicals, which then causes the, infl the inflammatory response. So I can't stress enough how low fat increases oxidation, therefore makes the cholesterol not good. High fat diet actually lowers that risk. So let's explore the LDL and the HDL, the good and bad, a little bit more. When the average patient goes and gets a a lipid panel done, um, you know, you have your LDL score, you have your HDL score, and it seems like every doctor is, they get concerned over the total cholesterol number, and then they certainly get a concern if the HDL isn't high enough and the LDL isn't low enough. Obviously, you get uh, lab results on triglycerides as well, and you had mentioned that it seems to me that if triglycerides are energy um, that's being carried to the cell, it's actually a good thing. So I'm still trying to figure out from a layman's perspective, why is LDL bad and HDL good? And I know you explained it a little bit, but maybe in more simple terms, I'll, we can I'll, talk about that. I'll be very clear. There's no such thing as a good cholesterol and a bad cholesterol. That's fallacy. An oxidized cholesterol is bad. And since LDL has more of them, there's more chances to be oxidized. The HDL is denser, so there's less chance to be oxidized. That's the big thing. That's the, that's, that's the big difference. I can't stress enough, it's the particle number. In fact, the particle number, the risk factors on atherosclerosis is actually diabetes, insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is actually, there's a thing called NMR, nuclear magnetic resonance test. That's the best lipid test you can get. Not a total cholesterol, not an LDL. Those are come in it, but it's the actual particle number. Over a thousand, your risk is for what? Atherosclerosis, but for why? Because it's diabetic genic. The diabetic genic causes inflammation, which causes the immune response, not the number itself. Here's the issue, Jim. In 1958, a man named Ansel Keys, who had a degree in economics, not, bio, not a doctor, not a PhD, had a theory that since cholesterol is in the atherosclerosis, it's the cause of atherosclerosis. And that became the mainstream medicine in that last 50, 60 years. He looked at 48 countries and through it all but seven that did not meet his hypothesis that low fat, high carbohydrate is better for the heart. Interesting. The, he has a graph. You could go to his chart. The graph he has, the countries with the highest saturated fat, the highest fat intake, 
and the most cholesterol had the lowest cardiovascular disease. The highest country is France, but he threw all the countries out that did not meet his hypothesis. So the low fat diet has actually hurt and increased dementia, cardiovascular disease, diabetes is because of we changed our food, the food period has been pushed. So I'll be clear on this. It's essential that we have cholesterol because without it, we're not here. The question is, what's a bad cholesterol? It's the particle number. I can't stress that enough. The particles are the actually, it's a physical, a presence. the more you have, the more chance from the running to the, into the lining to cause an inflammatory reaction. Then the, then the cell brings in cholesterol to heal it. That's why the, you lower your cholesterol, you lower your carbohydrate, your glucose, you lower your inflammation, your inflammation. That's the benefit of this is to make sure of that. So is there a particle test that's given when they're doing a lipid panel? 100% yes. A, okay. But, it, but, but it's important to understand a lipid panel is part of the NMR if you get the particle test. Very few doctors do that. They'll do just a lipid. And here's what's interesting. The largest series ever done was in Japan 19, in 2015. Looked at 56,000 people. They found the higher one's LDL is, the, fine, the, the higher one's total cholesterol is, less cause of death of overall mortality. So it all started with a paper. Uh, uh, lowering sugar was used, uh, lowering cholesterol came with colchizamine in the 60s. But prior to that, they were getting rid of, the, the culprit was saturated fats. So they actually did a study with corn oil. It's fantastic. They gave corn oil to people and it lowered their cholesterol because corn oil is a unsaturated fat. But there was a higher mortality rate in that population base. At the same time of the year, in the 57, 58 Journal of American Medical JAMA did a study with obesity and diabetes. They gave one group three eggs a day, one not three eggs a day. The one three eggs a day lowered their cholesterol, lowered their sugar, lowered their obesity, and did not affect the cholesterol. Higher cholesterol did not affect their, their overall mortality. So when you ask these questions is, is, it's really weird to say that, but why? Why in the world would having a higher cholesterol be beneficial? Because of all the function it does. We have a graph up here of what it does. We'll go over that in a moment, this diagram here. It's because of this data that's showing that LDL, um, when I was in school, 330 is considered high cholesterol. Now it's 200. But the Framingham study, which is in 1948, they looked at Framingham, Massachusetts, the population there for all these years. And they're finding, Jim, the higher one's cholesterol is less overall mortality. That's why it's important to understand. Yes, you can lower your cholesterol, but does that, does that equal a longer lifespan? And the data is showing no. Interesting point you just made. In this case, the lab ranges have dropped for what is considered high cholesterol, yet when we talked about testosterone earlier, when the lab ranges drop, they keep dropping lower and lower to, to widen the, the range for normal I know. testosterone. Yep. So let's talk about this graph um, in conjunction with, obviously there's a lot of medications out there to combat cholesterol and statin is the primary medication that's used. So let's walk through statins. What do they do to the body? And what is, how does that work in conjunction with the diet? Beautiful. And the big thing is to understand when they talk about helping life, they'll use what's called a relative percentages versus absolute. They'll say something is a 36% uh, rate of, prote of protection, but that is, that's, an, that's an absolute, not a relative. When you look at relative, it's worth nothing. There's two great videos to watch. One by David M. Diamond on YouTube, called, just put his name in cholesterol. One by Ali Nadir, put his name in statins. This comes from Ali Nadir's chart. So statins work where the red arrow is. So when you block that, you block thing called malonic acid. 
And I use this example because look at the ones in pink. So if you stop mavonic acid, you stop the, the structures in pink. One of them is cholesterol. We talk about cholesterol. What it becomes? When you block that, you block the myelin sheath. You block the energy source. You block the cell membranes. You block the sex hormones. You block all that by doing that. That cholic acid is another molecule that comes from uh, melvonic acid. It becomes the insulin receptor. What is important? So there's actually a study showing people on statins have about a 30% increase in diabetes. Well, it makes sense biochemically because they're actually affecting the insulin receptor to not be as functioning to lower glucose levels. The big one, Jim, are these two, the selenoproteins and the, the vitamin K2, 1 to K2. That's called isopentanol. That molecule does these two systems. What vitamin K does, that's, they work for clotting mechanisms, but K2 literally chelates the calcium out of atherosclerosis. So it helps calcium metabolism. That's being inhibited. Over here, the selenoproteins and glutathione and peroxidase, that's our immune system. There are some papers showing there's an increased risk in cancer the longer you're on statins. So that's why I believe overall mortality is should be our number one score we're looking at. Not lowering of cholesterol, not lowering of anything of events per se, it's overall mortality. And it appears the Thane's paper, which is in America, is, is uh, duplicating the Japanese study, the Framingham study. They're showing this data that the higher one's cholesterol is in that range, under 330, the, long, the, the better on these other systems. That's why it's important to look at the data there, Jim. And But again, I don't want to poo-poo the cholesterol. There is those with high LDL oxidized. The first step should be lower your particle number. And the way you do that is lower carbohydrates. Fasting. Fasting increases a thing called AMPK, which actually is the master switch for all these systems. So decrease caloric intake, decrease carbohydrate intake, and fasting actually uh, actually kickstarts all of our mechanisms to decrease inflammation in the body. Fascinating. Is sugar a contributor to increased particles in your bloodstream? One, the number one carbohydrate. That's what we, with sugar, think about sugar. We think about table sugar. That's a fructose molecule to a glucose molecule. They're both broken down with different pathways. And fructose, high fructose corn syrup, it actually affects the liver. It's called non-alcoholic liver uh, disease. It's actually from fructose. Very, very bad. Glucose itself affects the brain. It affects, it's called glycidation. When an extra glucose molecule sticks to a protein, it distorts the structure. Give the example. We all heard about hemoglobin A1C. That's when the extra glucose binds to the red blood cells. It doesn't bind to the red blood cells. It also binds to the brain. Alzheimer's is type 3 diabetes. So glucose is the culprit to all of this. You can look back prior to 1977, the food pyramid. You can see our higher sugar intake has increased as disease processes. It's all biochemistry. Let's keep the body functioning at the level it's supposed to function. That's our goal. 